the idol. No time to argue. Throw me the idol. I throw you the whip. Give me the whip. Adios, señor. Hi, Keith Moreau here of TechMove. For our fans that last listened to our show in 2012 and wondered what happened to Rodney and I, don't worry. We are about to come out with brand new episodes very, very soon. In the meantime, we have put together a series we are calling The Lost Episodes. Shows are segments we recorded long ago, but were never published and may still have some value to our listeners. You can be the judge of that. This episode has the final two segments about my possible transition from Mac to PC. We wanted to get this out before Apple actually does introduce a new Mac Pro, which seems highly likely around WWDC 2013. We wanted to release this set of Keith's PC episodes before that announcement. So sit back, relax, take yourselves back five to eight months in the past, and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, for our next segment now, we want to get an update from Keith about his ongoing saga uh, with his computer. And um, before I reveal anything or, you know, I know a little bit about it, Keith, why don't you tell us where we're at right now? I think where we're at is that you had just gotten your second computer. Is that right? Your second PC, shall we say, your second Windows machine. Right. Uh, The first machine had self-destructed. And I couldn't install anything on it anymore. Right. I don't know. Does that happen with Windows machines? You get to a certain point, and you just can't even install software on it. Um. Well, you know what? I, I I have not ever experienced that myself. But then again, I wasn't running Windows Seven. I oh, my okay. last PC was Windows XP. I mean, I've heard that if you because I've heard of ref you know reformatting and reinstalling. I've sure. heard if you reformat and reinstall the system, at least you can get back to some state. Yes. But with me, with this particular PC, even if I reformatted it, I couldn't even install Windows back onto it. Oh, so but then something was really wrong. It, it must have been hardware problems. It, it might have been a hardware problem. Yeah. It could have been. It had to, been. because usually that's what folks do is that, you know, they clog up their their system with stuff. They install, uninstall, blah, 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 this and that. And then you have to just reformat and start from clean again with just an OS. And then you start all over again. Right. Well, you can do that, huh? For this particular system, uh, no, it didn't really help, and I just got tired of it. So I called Amazon, and they were very apologetic. I actually chatted with a very nice person from India, and uh, they helped me out. They they shipped me out a new one, and and sent the UPS guy to pick up the old one. So yeah, I, I hope you buy that guy like uh, a, a Christmas gift or something like that at the end yeah. of the year. Actually, I I saw an ambulance picking him up uh, when I was driving out of town. So I'm not sure if he made it. Very good. returned. Very good. So uh, yeah, so I ha- I got the I got the new PC delivered to me. Unfortunately, that week I had this huge uh, I had this screening for uh, one of my films. It was actually a preview screening. It wasn't even the film. It was just more of a promo for the film. And uh, 
I was preparing all week for it. So I got, I got the PC like right in the middle of preparing for this thing and I just didn't have any time for it. So I just took it and I slid the box, the 80 pound box down into a spare room and it actually is just sitting there right now. Even now? It's actually, I haven't even like cracked open. I haven't even cut the tape to open the box. It's just sitting there. Just kind of, kind of. Uh... So all that dough that you forked out. Uh, okay. So then that leads to the question then. Okay. You, you, you had this preview uh, of, of your movie. Uh, you had to have done some work. If the old, if PC number one crashed and burned and you got PC number two sitting in a box, you had to have gone back to the Mac then. Yeah, I still, luckily I still had my Mac, uh, working. I never disassembled it or took it out of my, my, uh, work, workflow. Um, what I was trying to do was I was trying to use a KVM to switch between the PC and the Mac. When I wanted to try the PC out, I'd switch it over. Uh, by the way, KVM stands for keyboard video mouse, and you basically plug one one set of uh, a keyboard uh, monitor and mouse into it, and then it can control multiple uh, computers. So uh, I had I had this uh, KVM, and uh, it was actually a pretty high end KVM, but it also didn't work very well. Um, it, strangely enough, with the Mac, it worked worse than with the PC. With the Mac, uh, one of my monitors was kind of flickery, and I'd have to reset it um occasionally and uh, things just didn't work that well the hot the keyboard didn't it's but you're supposed to be able to use a keyboard hotkey to switch the systems you know between the mac and the pc and it didn't work so you'd always have to go down and reach under the desk and push this button to switch the systems and so i actually wound up returning that to maybe that was defective that their tech support was not very good you're talking just, about the kvm yeah the kvm it was I, a I, I, let me ask you a question about kvm and, sure. and I've always wondered about this. You say that you bought a high-end one. I didn't know that KVMs, I mean, of course, anything that's out there has, you know, uh, high or low price points. But what makes a higher-end KVM? Is it response time? Is it features? What what makes a higher-end KVM? Uh, well, in this particular case, this particular KVM had the ability to switch two sets of monitors. So just in that, in that, that made it a more elite model. Okay. Um, also, it could support a 30-inch cinema display. Ah, uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, so some, some KVMs can only go to a certain resolution, and that's it. So this, this really was like the, the Cadillac of uh, KVMs. But unfortunately, like the Cadillac, it, it broke down and didn't work. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Too bad. And now it's... And now it's uh, been bought out by the government and subsidized, but um, no. Uh, so I sent that back, and I got an I got a new one of those. Again, that one is sitting in the box, waiting for me to break it out. Um, one thing though that's good about Amazon though is that when you you have a thirty day return policy, and if you if something breaks, um, you can uh, you get you, that thirty day uh, period gets refreshed. So because of that, I can I still have uh, a little bit while to. Try out these systems before I eventually reject them and and call the new UPS guy back, the replacement <laughs> UPS trainee. The, but, the guy uh, who's the replacement through attrition and or death. Well, that's pretty much how they move up. You right. know, I don't know if you know about UPS. But, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the the KGB. <laughs> so. All these acronyms: KVM, KGB, <laughs> UPS. 
being so confused. Go on. <laughs> anyway, so in the meantime, I did a little bit of investigation about... Uh, so uh, this all came about because the Mac Pro... Apple did not refresh, really refresh their Mac Pro. Uh, they, their, their greatest, uh, their, their highest end Mac Pro is still two year old technology. Um, however, the highest end Mac Pro is still pretty, a pretty nice machine. It's a 12 core, three gigahertz machine. And, uh, so I did a little bit of investigation and I asked around and I asked some people that had used Premiere Pro, uh, on Macs and PCs and, and posted questions in forums, basically begging people to tell me their experiences with using a Mac, a 12 core Mac, uh, with Premiere Pro and, and what their experience was. And I got, I didn't get a lot of response, but I got some somewhat, uh, positive responses that it would probably work. Uh, it wasn't like these glowing things like, yeah, you're, it's going to be great. It's it's going to blow away any PC, even new ones. It was more like, yeah, it'll work. <laughs> so, <laughs> that that glowing review you were looking for. Yeah. Um, in fact, I got one, one recommendation from a guy that actually their business is to build PCs for uh, people that use Premiere Pro. And he even suggested that maybe I should just try a 12-core a Mac and see how it works. So that was nice. Because yeah. he was kind of cannibalizing his own business by recommending uh, Mac. Right. Um, so, and then simultaneous to that, I was just doing some searches. I have this Google uh, alert system where certain keywords uh, alert me when they come up. And I, one of them is Mac Pro. So I found out that um, there were some refurbished Mac, uh, 12-core Mac Pros out there that Apple was selling. So, uh, and and they were actually quite a bit lower than the the new the new uh, Mac Pros. They're about $1,000 less. So, and I found out that they did, did have a pretty good return policy on those as well, a 14-day return policy. So I, I ordered one. And it was it was not cheap. Um, it was probably about $2,000 more than the PC would be. The the, the Mac Pro? Yeah, the 12-core Mac Pro. But mm-hmm. this is like the highest, highest-end Mac Pro that, that's available. Um, and and $1,000 less than the brand-new one. So uh, I went ahead and ordered it, and uh, I'm actually using it right now. <laughs> and uh, and it was just, I'll just tell you that, you know, transitioning from my old Mac Pro to my new my new Mac Pro, and I'm not I'm not positive I'm going to keep it, but man, it's a lot faster. Is it's, it really? Yeah, it's 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 like. It's three times as fast. And, uh, and it's noticeable. I mean, things really pop up faster and everything happens faster. It's almost too fast. It's, it's like gives me, it makes me nervous. <laughs> so, um, no, but actually, uh, but I have to tell you that, that transitioning uh, from my old Mac Pro to my new Mac Pro was so easy. It had to have been seamless. It, it was. It, I mean, basically, I just removed the drives from the old the drives and the cards and everything from the old Mac Pro and just put them into the new Mac Pro. And it worked. And it it just booted up. I didn't do anything. It just worked perfectly. Like, perfectly the first time. I think that's what we had talked about before, that that was was what we were hoping was going to happen if you were to make that kind of leap. Right. There was no pain in this transition. It's just, I got a faster Mac. So, that part's good. That... Uh, 
<laughs> now, now, okay, uh, give us a little insight without uh, getting too personal. Are they? Uh, did, did you go to to an Apple store? Did you order it? What 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 uh, online? What did you do? Um, I just went to the Apple refurbished store and I ordered, which it I online. approve of. I know you get all your equipment from there. I approve of it completely. Shout out to my friends at the refurbished. They actually mentioned you when I called them. He's our best customer. Because my platinum account is uh, is still good there. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, and and the thing thing is, I think I know where this Mac came from. I don't think it. I think it was brand new because it it looks just totally brand new. I I think what happened was it was from old stock. Yeah. Because they, this particular model was slightly refreshed, so it went from a two point nine three gigahertz to a 3.06 in the very newest model. Right. So the one I got was the 2.93 gigahertz, which is very, it's a basically the same. Yeah. Um, and so I think it just was in a box in a store. It was sent back to the refurbished store and, and then I got it. So it's, a, it's basically a brand new Mac. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just comes in a, what, plain white box and that's about it, right? Yeah. Say, Not uh, a plain, yeah, plain white box. Yeah, I noticed it didn't have the normal like picture on the front of the box. I'm the not real the nice last graphic. Mac. It doesn't have that stuff. It, no, it, it's just a white box. Just a white box, but it just it, and it's uh, and then the way Apple packages this stuff stuff is is so clean. It's just like everything is perfect. You just take it out, pull off the plastic. I mean, literally, I was up in about ten minutes. You know, I just I just wanted to test out the Mac. Uh, so, you know, without, uh, the whole switch over. So I just pulled it all out. I, I hooked up an old monitor to it and, and it was up and running in 10 minutes. And it was just, it was just really a joy to not have to struggle. And, and that's the thing that's so cool about, about Max. I mean, at least for me, I, I know that there's a lot of windows people out there that might be listening to this podcast and, you know, windows is great. And I think it works very well if you're used to it. Um, but for me, uh, it was just like no effort. It was like natural. It was like riding a bike. Um, anyway, so I, I, I booted it up. I just tested out a few things. It worked. I put in the Ram. I got, I also ordered 32 gigabytes of Ram from oh, nice. OW, from Mac sales, uh, OWC. Great. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much buy all my Ram from them. I just trust that they know the kind of Ram to supply, uh, for different Macs and they have really good tutorials and, and other things about how to install it. Anyway, it was, and it was so, it was actually even easier to install the Ram in, in this 2010 Mac pro than the, uh, 2008. It was, it was quite a bit easier. It just, there's this kind of a motherboard, uh, CPU tray and it has these little levers on it and you just kind of pop it out and it, and it slides out and, and, and it's on this kind of like a, a foot by, a foot square with a CPU with big big heat sinks in the middle that you can't even see. It's all it's all covered up. And then these these slots, these dim slots, and you just pop them in, slide the thing back in, boot it up. No no weird uh, cables and things to replug in or anything. It's just so elegant. And and that's the thing that I really love about Mac design. At least in this particular case, the Mac Pro is really well designed. So, uh, how about this? How about, uh, as far as the physical footprint of the thing, is it much bigger than your old one? Is it, uh, 
about the same size, the the look of it. How is that? It's virtually the same. The mm-hmm. footprint is exactly the same. The dimensions are exactly the same. There's a couple slight differences. It does not have FireWire 400 ports. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the older, slower FireWire that has that kind of uh, narrower uh, connector with a little kind of point on one end. Right. Uh, this is a FireWire, only has FireWire 800 ports. Which is the more squarish thing, right? Right. It's yeah. the square. I have more that squ- on my Mac, on my iMac also. Yeah. And it has a faster, it's a faster interface. And all the new Macs have that. They don't have the FireWire 400 anymore. Right. So if you have older devices, and I have a few uh, that only support FireWire 400, you have to get an adapter. But they're Which is ten- one of my rants I will get into uh, in future episodes. I'll tell you that much. Okay, <laughs> but I I just I've ordered a bunch of four hundred to eight hundred adapters over the years, so it's not a big deal, right? Um, so anyway, I um I am now using it. I actually didn't have that much of a chance to really uh try it out with real um with real world editing, but I just did a uh, project for a doctor. And had several AVCHD cameras going at once. I actually had four AVCHD cameras going at once. Wow. Uh, so it was a multicam shoot. And, I'll say. <laughs> and I put them all into the same timeline. I synced them up with, uh, in, I put them into Premiere Pro 5.5. And I, I, then I synced them using uh, Pluralize, which worked pretty well to synchronize all, them, all of them together. And then I started doing a multicam edit Actually, what I do with uh, with sometimes what I do to just see all the tracks at once is I, I put a four up, like if I'm using four different cameras, I actually shrink them so they're just taking a quarter of the screen, and then I put one in each uh, corner, and then I just can look at the whole every single angle at once the whole the whole time, and uh, then I'll actually maybe I'll actually um export that out, uh, to some, you know, some kind of codec that I can put on the internet like a H.264. Um, so I did that. I did a little bit of an edit on that and just was scrubbing through it. And it's, it's markedly faster than my 2008. Um, so what, with, with that, uh, just the, well, I'm going to guess you haven't converted any, any video files yet. You haven't done any I type have, of encoding. I actually just encoded this particular project, which was about five hours of the four cameras. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so basically, it had the. It, it's pretty complicated. It's it's a lot of. It takes a lot of processing power for this particular uh, operation because it has to scale those those 1080p uh, uh, files, those AVCHD, which is which is already difficult. Has to scale them and then have them all scaling and and playing simultaneously uh, in one frame. So it's pretty hard. Pretty hard work for a computer. So I did it and. Uh, it was about real time, which was which actually I th- I thought was actually um, I was pretty surprised at that it actually was that fast. That's so, pretty. That's really good if it's real time and it's uh you know heavy duty you know 1080p type of files. Yeah, four four different streams of 1080p plus scaling. That's pretty plus, good. Plus reducing each one. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So so roughly uh, only five hours that it took to. To uh... yeah, it took it took about five. It took probably less. I was actually doing stuff in. in I so what I did was uh, in Premiere Pro, 
you have the option of either exporting it directly from Premiere Pro, and in which case it actually will just take over Premiere Pro and you can't do anything with it, or you can queue it. And then you queue the job, and then another application called Adobe Media Encoder actually takes that and then does the encoding. And uh, if you do that, then you can actually be doing uh, work on Premiere Pro. In fact, I was uh, doing a little bit of editing on one of our podcasts uh, at the same time that this was encoding. So every time you start using another application, Adobe Media Encoder kind of stops. Oh. So there was a lot of pausing in there. So even with that, it took five hours. So I think it might have been faster than real time. That's pretty good that you could do that, the, the video editing or the video encoding plus actual audio editing at the same time with all that great RAM and, and the processing power that you have and not like crash the system or anything. I know some of the stuff I do, like in this case, I was trying to see if I could stress it. Right. And, and see what, and it was, I actually have not had any crashes with this machine, which is That's nice. Pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, so I'm I'm liking it. I'm I'm still jury's still out. Um, I still have a few days left in my return uh, time period, so I'm gonna really see uh, how well this works. I I I do have to say that I'm not a hundred percent completely blissful over the performance in Premiere Pro. Well, that's what I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you. You know, it, it, when when you started out, the story sounded like you know. Hey, it's you know three times as fast, and you know feels great. It's easy to to work with, and all this kind of thing. Uh, you know, what is it that you're not happy with? Well, and this is something that I'm not sure if it's just endemic to Premiere Pro. Like, I'll never get it, even with the fastest PC, I'll never get it. But I would really like to be able to, in this kind of complex AVCHD multi uh, multicam type edit i'd really like to be able to scrub uh just by moving the the time bar s slowly across the timeline uh i'd really be able really like to be able to scrub uh instantly um i'd really like to be able to click on a point and hit play and have that play instantly no no lag and on my 2008 mac it was very very noticeable i mean sometimes it would take like 10 seconds to catch up right I would I would move the timeline and then maybe ten seconds later it would decide to start playing. Almost like it was buffering or something. Yeah, like it had to buffer because it just wasn't powerful enough. And I could see I have a, a I have a, a system preference called menu meters that shows me how much processor power is being used by my system. And when I would do that, when I would even scrub, even even using AVCHD, um, I would notice them all peaking. They would all be going to close to one hundred percent when I was doing anything with AVCHD. Oh, wow. So I was obviously stressing the computer. Well, that does not happen with this new Mac Pro. Uh, when I do scrubbing or anything, there nothing's ever pegging. It, I always have plenty of extra power. However, it's still not that super instantaneous, fluid, buttery uh, type of uh, movement and navigation that I would really like. And maybe it's just not possible. Maybe you just can't do it with AVCHD with this many tracks. But... With 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 some of your inquiries before you purchased the computer, did have you found any uh, one out there who has had that type of success that you're looking for, that instantaneous uh, response? In fact, I I really have not. Nobody has admitted how good or bad their um, editing is with with this really difficult 
difficult type of project. Um, I got a lot of people on the Adobe forums who are mostly PC users, and you know the the Mac users who are starting to come in more because there's more uh, people leaving Final Cut and going to Premiere. Right. But it's still mostly PC users, and when you get a Mac user in there, they're kind of like the wandering sheep that's just lost because they're on the Mac. <laughs> and and they get made fun of pretty much. Redheaded stepchild. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're redheaded stepchild. They get make, made fun of because they're on the Mac. Right. And whenever they say anything about the Mac, that you know, people just say, "Well, just because you're in a Mac, just get a PC and you'll be fine." Right. <laughs> uh, which is really funny because right. that's usually what Mac users usually do to PC people. That's so right. they're just getting us back. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, I posted a few honest questions in there and got s- some responses. And, and for the most part, they were, they were okay. It was really funny because one, I actually mentioned all my problems with my PC in there. And this one guy who's kind of like the, he's like the moderator and has like 10,000 posts. And he's from, he's from Britain and he's, he's obviously a PC expert and a premier expert and really thinks of himself highly. And he, and... <laughs> And I just mentioned my problems to him, and he wrote this really snide response saying, no offense, but it really sounds like you're, you're kind of a, a computer newbie. And, <laughs> and I said, you know, you, you probably shouldn't, you should probably get some training before you start using computers. So <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I, I love how bold people are on email or blogs. So awesome. So, but I actually responded to him in a nice way saying, you know, all my experience and stuff. And he was pretty contrite. His response was pretty contrite and he was nice about it, but I, I put him in his place a little bit. Okay. And I, I kind of said, I said, you know, I, I, I wanted to f- appear to be a newbie because I, I wanted my Windows experience to be, not to have to be this computer, computer guru. Right. I wanted to be able to just go in there and kind of, kind of be like an average user and see how easy it was. And not have to go and delve into things and go into logs and, you know, troubleshoot things in a really geeky way. You shouldn't have to do that. So maybe you have to, but you shouldn't have to. <laughs> and, and now you've discovered you have to. You have to, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think if I'm going to go into the PC world, I'm going to have to just say, bite the bullet and say, well, I'm going to have to be pretty geeky about this to get this to work well. But, um, but anyway, uh, getting back to the question of... Um, did did anybody relate that things are buttery smooth in my particular environment? No, in fact, to the contrary, I've heard that some people just have kind of resigned themselves to transcoding, even mm-hmm. with Premiere Pro, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is kind of what I was trying to get away from to go to Premiere Pro. Right. So, uh, but at the same time, maybe they're not using the super high-end systems. You know, right now, I have, I'm using pretty much the, the fastest Mac you can get. And... So maybe, you know, maybe if you get the fastest PC you could get, you know, if you spent $12,000 on the, there, there's a couple manufacturers of PCs that make really high-end PCs that sure. essentially are like 32 core monstrosities that are running at five gigahertz and they cost like $12,000. Right. Um, and, and they're gigantic, you know, they're like twice as big as the, my, my Mac, but, um, maybe if you got that, you would get that buttery smooth response on anything. I'm not sure if I'm willing to go to that level to get that response. Right. <laughs> you know, right. If I was just had unlimited money, then maybe I would get one of those machines and have somebody just get it set up 
said that it was perfect. And then, if you had that much money, you could ha- pay someone to wait around for you to do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and and also just the whole sacrifice of being outside of the Mac environment just for this editing solution, right? Uh, it's it's a so, but I'm still gonna um, I'm still gonna evaluate. So I'm going to use the same sequence like this one I worked on today with this, ch- this challenging one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that's the same exact files and then I'm actually just going to copy them onto a fast raid and just dedicate that to the to the Windows machine. Then I'm going to try out and and do all the exact same tests and get the same output and see what happens. Yeah, and I'm going to see how just editing and how smooth it is and and really try to compare it and then I'll have a, then I'll be able to say yeah PCs are faster or yeah, maybe they're a little faster, but it's not worth it or they're not faster. Right. And, uh, and then I'll be able to make a decision. I, I think I'm going to try to do that this week. Cause I think this is my time limit. My time's running out. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like you're actually forced to make this decision pretty quick because just of the return policy. I am. I am. Yeah. I, although I have to say that I'm really comfortable with this 12 core Mac pro. So, uh, so ha- with that, I mean, would you now say that it's going to take something like pretty much this instantaneous scrubbing with the PC in order for you to walk away from this 12-core Mac that you've got? Yes. It, yes. it would pretty much take something like that, right? I mean, everything we just talked about, the, the instantaneous scrubbing, the, the no buffering, the, the no thinking, all this kind of stuff, that PC had better come up big and be able to do that or else, UPS guy, here you come again. Yes, the replacement UPS guy. Right. He's going to be... Yeah, the PC's got to blow me away. Right. Okay. The PC's got to blow me away. It's got to be super smooth, and I've got to feel like, wow, I, I, I have to edit with the system. If it's anything less than that, it's going back. Right, because, because the 12-core is really super nice. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. It's really familiar. I didn't have to do anything. I don't have to adjust my life for it. That's that's worth quite a bit right there. I, I would say so, sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean right e- now, e- everything you have, like, in a, in a spare parts box is all based around a Mac, right? <laughs> exactly. You have, to, you have to get a new spare parts box for PC stuff. I would. Yeah. Mm. That's good. That's yeah. ex- well, that's exciting. That's good. Uh, that, uh, well, you know, I know I can't wait to hear what, what comes of it. I want to hear what, I I wish you'd break out the PC right now. Let's try right now. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you got got a few days. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that'll be fantastic. But once that happens, you have to report back to us and, and, and let us know what, what you found out. And, um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be all waiting around here with bated breath, wait, uh, waiting to hear what you uh, come up with. Thanks a lot, Keith, for that little bit of an update. Thank you very much. We'll come right back right after this. going to be moving on right now to a continuing saga that Keith Moreau has put us on over the last few podcasts and will continue to put us on by my judgment. And that is the ever popular question that Keith has, which is, 
Will Keith's next Mac be a PC? And, you know, actually, the last installment that we had, Keith had just uh, bought a PC, returned it, bought another one, and in turn also bought a new Mac. But he, the Mac that he bought was a 2010 refurbished uh, 12-core Mac Pro. And at this point, he has yet to open the box for either one. Let's catch up with Keith now on this ongoing saga. Keith, what say you? Well, Rod, this is a pretty long and... Like they haven't been long already, but go on anyway. (laughs) This has been a pretty pretty long uh, experiment on my part to see if I could possibly uh, at least use the a Windows box uh, on a on a fast PC to to edit with, and uh, if it could actually work for me. And and at the same time, uh, I didn't want to necessarily give up the possibility of using a a faster Mac. Just getting a even though it's a little bit a little bit old, a little bit obsolete. The uh, 2010 12 core Mac Pro, which I got a pretty good deal on. the The problem was is that both of them, if I if I I had to decide within a within a week or two uh, if I need I wanted to keep them or not because then I wouldn't be able to return them. Apple has a very good two week return policy, and this other uh, box I got from Amazon they have a pretty good thirty uh, day return policy. And the first one was was um, actually defective, so that ex- actually extends their return policy farther. But I was still kind of under the gun to to actually test them out. So what I did was I had actually done. Um, some shoots, and these were all AVC HD camcorders. It, it was actually four, uh, four camcorders. It was actually a surgeon, a plastic surgeon, a gig that I was doing for this plastic surgeon uh, in his office. And I had one camera. Did you have uh, to have was, the blood splatter guard on your lenses? I didn't have a lot of blood splatter guards on the equipment, mm-hmm. but I had blood splatter guards on myself <laughs> just so that I wouldn't get blood on me. But, uh, cause sometimes I had to get kind of close and, um, did you use macro lens? <laughs> Sorry about that folks. Actually, no, actually in some cases I had to get like, like less than an inch away. Really? Get, to get some really close up stuff. Yeah. Wow. Okay. To get some really, really close. Cause this was a kind of a microsurgery procedure. And, um, so I, I used, uh, one camera that was just this overall view of the whole room that was mounted in the corner of the room up. I used a little, uh, gorilla pod. And just kind of, uh, kind of clamped it to something that was up in the corner anyway, and it had that facing down. And then I had another uh, camcorder shooting these uh, technicians that were working on stuff on the side. And then, and then I had two cameras, one wide, and then a, and then my handheld or more more of a the A camera focused on the surgery. So, but all of them were actually AVC HD camcorders. So then, what I usually do in this situation when I'm doing a multi-camera shoot is then later I will sync them all together. And so all their four tracks playing in sync and I can go over how I actually do that, the technique I use for that. So I wound up with a sequence that was four ABC HD uh, tracks in sync. And then, and then what I did was I actually scaled them down. So there was just basically a quarter. They were all playing at once, but it was divided up into four squares. So one camera was almost like a surveillance video type of, uh, yeah. Look to it. Yeah. If I want to just give my clients or just myself like a dailies, like a yes, just an overview, I'll just I'll just do that view and then render that out, and then that'll be the video I show people. 
and then they'll be able to see all the different angles and they can say, oh, I like that angle or this one, or I can, or, or I can do that myself. So I did that. And that's actually really challenge, challenging for a, for a nonlinear editing application like Final Cut 10, or in my case, I'm using Premiere Pro uh, CS 5.5.2. And I also thought it would be a really good comparison test to test out the capabilities of the 12 core Mac Pro against the, uh, the PC, which was a six core uh, new, newest version of the i7. And, and to see how well they compared both in rendering and just in playing the sequences, you know, how smooth they were in playing that sequence back. So, uh, so this is, this is what I kind of used as my test case, the same exact sequence on both, on both computers. And, and also to kind of even the playing field, I actually copied the media, the AVCHD media onto the other computer so that it wouldn't have to be going through the network and be slowed down by whatever network bottlenecks there might be. Mm -hmm. So you so were I working actually, directly. Yeah, working directly. And, and also, if the AVCHD media doesn't really have a very high um, bit rate, so it's not like a lot of data has to be uh, going through the network or just from the hard drive. So I thought it was a pretty fair test. I didn't, I didn't think that this sequence would be affected too much by the, by the speed of the hard drives in each system. More would be affected by the processing power of the computers. So, um, so I did this, and I and I did it on the twelve core, and the twelve core did pretty well. The the twelve the Mac Pro twelve core was able to play the sequences pretty smoothly um, in real time, which was kind of nice because it was actually decoding the AVCHD and was scaling it to a quarter the size of the viewing window at the same time, and it was actually kind of able to do that. What does it and, mean to kind of be able to do that? Do well, that? it wasn't it wasn't completely smooth. Wasn't the butter smooth that you have been hoping for all this time? It wasn't the butter smooth and but it was very responsive. Like if I move the playhead to a certain part in the sequence and then I press play, it would actually start playing pretty quickly. Whereas on my old 8 core 2008 Mac Pro, right. it would actually sometimes just like think for quite a while, like several seconds okay. before it would actually start. It would be like thinking about, okay, what am I going to do next? I'm, I'm just too slow to play this. I'm going to have to, and, and the 12 core was like, you want me to play it? Okay. I'm going to play it. And, uh, and actually that responsiveness was, uh, was at least as good as on the PC. So that part of it, they were about equal. That's encouraging. That's very yeah. encouraging. There was always a little bit of delay. It's just, I think it's just something that's, a characteristic of Premiere Pro. I just think with AVCHD files, I think it just needs a little bit of time to buffer up the material before it starts playing it in that format. I think maybe with other formats that require less decoding, it would be quicker in playing back. Like it'd be instant when you hit the play play button, it would just start playing. But in the case of AVCHD, which is a pretty compressed format, uh, it would actually just delay a split second and then play. So that part was good. And then moving around the sequence, it was about the same responsiveness. It, just moving the playhead and then how quickly the display updated, depending on where the playhead was at that point, it was still, it was not buttery. That part of it was not that good, but it wasn't good in either system. Okay. So what I'm kind of thinking now is that just maybe Premiere Pro just has limitations, no matter how fast a computer you have. It just may have some inherent, it's just not going to be butter in this, in this situation. So that was kind of encouraging in a way because it meant that it's possible that I could use the Mac. It was discouraging in a way because... If I plan to use use Premiere Pro for these types of sequences, I'm never going to get this butter out of it. 
no matter what I get. Right. Or until so, or until the next Mac comes out. Yeah, until the next Mac comes out or maybe the next version of Premiere Pro. Actually, there is a new version called Premiere Pro 6, but it's part of CS6, but uh it's actually um I don't I don't think that the performance is really any better than 5.5. At least that's what I've heard, but I haven't actually tried it. So, I I should probably try that. But since I didn't have 6 installed, I didn't want to try like 6 have all these new variables when I was doing the test. I wanted to use the old versions, the old tried and true versions. So it was doing okay. So then I decided to um, see see how fast the renderers went on either computer, because that's actually a pretty a pretty good indication of how fast a computer is is the rendering time. Absolutely, that that's the thing that takes most of the time. It can when you're you know with Premiere Pro especially the way that it works is that all the rendering happens actually when you want to output the sequence, and then it can take quite a while depending on how complex the sequence is and the and what you're rendering to. And how long it is. Um, in the case of Final Cut, uh, it's actually Final Cut Pro 7 and 10 is actually kind of have to render all along the way. So the last part of the rendering isn't usually that time consuming. Uh, that's actually a really big complaint between people that are switching from Final Cut 7 to Premiere Pro is that, wow, this really takes a lot longer to render at the end of the day, end of the sequence. And and so if they're used to Final Cut 7, they, they're usually used to outputting the sequence almost instantly and getting some kind of final output. And the, and, and then when they do it on Premiere Pro, it's like hours and their client, you know, so they hit, they hit render and they're expecting it to be done in, you know, during a coffee break. And instead it's like five hours later <laughs> and their right. and their clients are like, uh, am I paying for this? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's actually caused a lot of, uh, consternation among the switchers for the, Mac Pro 12 core rendering, it was actually pretty fast in my opinion. It was like real time and it was a really long sequence. I mean, I think the whole thing was five hours long. It was a lot of material that done that day. And it was, and I think it took about three hours or four hours to render it, which I thought was pretty good. That is very good. Yeah. Um, and then I did the same, tried to do the same thing on the Windows box and I could never actually render the whole thing. Why? I would just, what happened? I would just get some errors. Some errors. Um, actually, it seemed like it was more like a Windows error or a hardware error. It, it was it was complaining that there was an error in the NVIDIA driver, blah, 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 something. Because I was using an, an NVIDIA uh, um, GTX 670 card, which is supposed to be even faster than my Quadro 4000, which is in my, my Mac. Uh, I guess it has more cores and more memory and potentially it's faster. So, so I tried it using the, the um, Adobe Media Encoder method, which is basically you queue the file, you, uh, you queue the render, and then this other app called Media Encoder actually does the render, and then Premiere Pro is freed up. So I could never get this Media Encoder to actually finish uh, rendering the sequence and encoding the sequence. It just would get this error. So then I finally tried to uh, just do it directly from Premiere Pro. And it was going okay for a while, and then and then it would just stop in the middle with these errors. And so I could never actually get it to work. <laughs> and so I reinstalled the driver, and you know, I, I, I took the card out, and finally I just said, okay, maybe I'll just remove, eliminate the, the, the uh, graphics card from the equation, and I just won't use the, what's called the uh, Mercury playback engine capabilities of Premiere Pro. Mm -hmm. 
So one of the things about Premiere Pro is that, and it's really a great feature, is that it actually can leverage the power of the GPU. Instead of just using the CPU to do its processing and rendering, it actually can, can use the GPU, your uh, graphics card as well. That's very good. It is very good. Yeah. But since the graphics card seemed to be screwing up in this case, or the combination on the PC, I just said, well, a good test then. I'll just see how, you know, how equal they are without the graphics cards. So, so I started, so I didn't do that on the, on the Mac. I just, so what I did was I, I took out the, and I thought, well, okay, maybe there's something wrong with this NVIDIA graphics card too. It could be some hardware issue. So I took out the NVIDIA graphics card and I put back in the original really fast, um, uh, Radeon ATI Radeon card, which was, which came with the computer when you bought that it. Came, right. That came mm -hmm. with the computer originally. Right. And I replaced it with this CUDA cap capable card, uh, just so that I could exercise Premiere Pro. Sure. Uh, it's not compatible with the ATI cards, but I just put that in and then I said, I'll just use that card instead, take this NVIDIA card out of the equation. And so, and then I reinstalled the driver on the ATI card. And basically after that point, the PC never worked. <laughs> it, it, it never worked. It just basically was like a black screen. And I would, sometimes I would get, you, you know, you got to repair your computer, um, and, you know, and then, and then at some point it just seemed like it just stopped outputting video. So, so, <laughs> so you returned all the hardware back into Oh yeah, this was, this was a completely new system, a new video card. Everything was new. Right. And, and you put the original stock video card back into the machine. Yeah. Reloaded the drivers and such, which essentially makes it the way it came out of the box. Yeah. And you can never get it going. I could never get it going. And maybe maybe there was something wrong with the PC from the beginning because it seemed like when I was even just first booting it up, like in the first time I turned it on, I did get this kind of like blanking out of the screen on occasion. But I just thought, oh, without, you know, maybe I'd had the video uh, cable slightly unplugged or something. And then because it didn't happen after I'd started my Premiere protest. Uh, but, but it really basically just kind of died. I couldn't do anything with it. And, <laughs> and, and and let's let's not forget the fact that this is now the second PC that you've had. Yeah, this is now the second one that basically has failed. The first one was a different problem. Right. Uh, it actually, the first one had similar issues where it couldn't finish the render, but it never really just died to the point where the video didn't work. But in this case, it was basically the video didn't work. So would you say that this second machine was worse than the first machine? Uh, I was, hmm. In some ways, it was better while it worked because I was able to actually load a sequence and <laughs> test it for about an hour <laughs> until it died. <laughs> now, 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 how, uh, you know, when you say that it went about halfway, did it, was it literally like about two and a half hours, three hours into a render and then it would just crap out and then you'd have, there'd still be no file whatsoever? Yeah, there would just be some unrecoverable error that Windows was reporting with the NVIDIA card, with the NVIDIA driver. And uh, so, you know, maybe there was some incompatibility between the NVIDIA driver and the motherboard, which is a possibility. Okay, so this is the difference between PCs and Macs. You know, with a Mac, even though there's a much more limited set of combinations of cards and things you can you can put in a Mac, I mean, basically... Apple produces everything in there, and then you can add these third-party cards, but there's only some third-party cards that work on it. Right. In a way, that limitation is also kind of a blessing because 
there's less variables to go wrong. I think in the PC world, there's so many different manufacturers of, of boards and they have different chips on them and they have different uh, BIOSes on them and, and just have different configurations that there's a lot more possibility for incompatibilities and, and just things going wrong. And I think that's what frustrates a lot of people that are on Windows machines is that, you know, you have to kind of like do some kind of incantation for it to actually work. And I think I experienced that. A little bit of that. You, I just, you know, what, hearing you talk about it, you know, I, I had, you know, and I've mentioned this before, I had a PC that uh, that I put together myself, uh, you know, with all kinds of great parts in it and stuff like that. And it, and it uh, you know, worked really, really well uh, for the most part. And, uh, you know, of course, not without any kind of computing problems, but to hear what you have gone through really to just run one program. That's it. You're only running one program. And to have the type of crash that you've had because of it seems to be really, really troubling. And I, I would imagine that you, you, you probably, no matter what happens, you're probably not going back to a PC. I mean, it's possible that eventually in the far future... <laughs> <laughs> when there is no Mac computer, it's just, right. it's just iOS tablets. And there is a possibility that I will have to use a PC. <laughs> okay. So I think maybe I just had bad luck and maybe I just chose the wrong manufacturer because I know that there are PCs out there that work really well. But there's a couple of things going on. One is is that it's quite a sacrifice for me to switch to a PC. It's it's a total changeover, and it's really inconvenient for me. If you're not a Mac user and you don't have your life built on it, then go ahead and do it. You know, I think it's probably a a better better price versus performance ratio than a Mac. At least it's what I've heard for Premiere Pro. Maybe not for other situations, but. In my situation, it was really kind of on the edge anyway, even if the PC totally outperformed the Mac. And the fact that I had a PC that was pretty high-end PC that was a maybe equal to the Mac, no better. I couldn't see anything better about it in what I was doing. And the fact that it was so unreliable and basically broke after an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasted all this time. I, I wasted a lot of time. I wasted probably a whole day if you added up all the time that I spent uh, unpacking this gigantic computer and just removing it from the box is an ordeal. Well, and, and organizing the the poor UPS guy to come back and all this kind of stuff. I'm 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 gonna owe this UPS guy like a lot for a long time for having to basically cart this hundred pound box up and down the steps a few times, several times. So, yeah, by the last time he actually picked it up, he was just kind of like right. he wasn't even talking to me. Right. <laughs> Like, please don't buy anything again. <laughs> Little does he know you have a full Amazon shopping cart ready to go. Well, the heaviest stuff, barbells and exercise gear. Right. <laughs> but um, so I, tr I obviously packed up and returned the PC. It was useless to me. Right. To even continue it. Right. I am thinking that it's possible that if I, if I have some time, maybe I'll go the do DIY kind of route but do it over a period of time B uh, build and, your own pc 
Yeah, mm-hmm. just build my own and just get a motherboard in a case. I hear that it's not necessarily that difficult. A lot of people have done it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And maybe that can just be my like my little hobby. But honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't really have time for it. Yeah. But because it, it's actually not cheap to get a high-end PC that's going to be at least the performance of this Mac Pro that I have now. It, it's not cheap. It's like $4,000, which isn't really that much less expensive than a than a Mac. And then what I've heard is that I've heard a lot of reports of a new Mac Pro coming out. I hope it doesn't come out in two weeks with <laughs> the other announcements, because that would really make me mad. But uh, but I've heard that... We are expecting iPhone 5, and you know they usually like to introduce stuff before that. <laughs> so, Well, they said 2013 for the, for the next Mac Pro. So hopefully there'll be a, another one, and it'll just blow everything away, and that'll be great. And and then I don't have to hurry up and buy that one because the one I have now is adequate. But but I still had to decide if I was going to keep the 12 core or not. Right. But one of the things I did notice about the 12 core, it's a lot faster than my it, on other stuff, just normal non Premiere Pro stuff. It's so much faster. You mean like, like daily computing type of stuff? Yeah, just opening Windows and anything. It's just everything is just like instant. It's amazing how fast it is. Wow. And I thought the 2008 was pretty good. And actually, it was really easy to to switch over. All I had to do was take out my old SSD, which was in my old computer, and put it into the new computer. I didn't have to do anything. Right. I didn't have to do any kind of reinstall, or I just switched out the drives and put them into the new computer. All the same cards worked, all the same connections and USB ports and, and FireWire ports and Ethernet. It was all in the same place. It was, it was such an easy switch over. It was so seamless. And that part I really appreciate. And as far as its performance with Premiere Pro right now, it's not super speedy butter butter like I wanted. <laughs> right, right. But it's a lot faster than my 2008. It's a lot less laggy. I can hit play and things play. I still have to do stuff to, to kind of get around some of the lagginess sometimes, uh, deactivate tracks that don't need to be on. And like I noticed in Premiere Pro, of, even if I have uh, clips disabled in a track, Right, opacity down all the way, yeah. on, on, so they they don't show at all. It still seems like Premiere Pro thinks they're there, even though they're not even being displayed, mm. and uh, it slows down. So I've just learned that don't have all these tracks on with see through clips. Just just turn that track off, and the clips I want to see, just put them on another track, so that only a few clips here and there are actually on, and that that seems to keep things fairly smooth. And then. The rendering seems to be pretty fast. I do notice that it's not maxing out all 24 cores. It's crazy having 24 cores. So, okay, so a 12 core, the newer Mac Pros have this concept called hyper-threading. Right. Where each physical core can actually imitate two cores, be the equivalent of two logical cores. And then applications that can do multitasking, multi-threading can actually uh, utilize essentially double the number of cores. So uh, I have this app called Menu Meters. You may have heard of it. I have not heard of that. It's a system preference pane. Okay. It's actually pretty cool. You should check it out. It's free. Okay. And you install it. And, and basically, it puts a bunch of information on your menu bar. So since I have a 30-inch cinema display, I have a pretty large area on top to show all the different things that can be put on that top menu bar. You probably, you know, things, there's normal things up there like the clock and... yeah the volume, but apps and system preference panes can actually add more information up there if you if you activate that. Anyway, uh, menu meters can put up things like uh, network speed, like like what what's going in and out. Oh, that's pretty many, neat. Yeah. 
it could put in uh, if you're using your disk, like read, read and write access. Like right now when we're recording, I have uh, these arrows going in and out on a little disk icon on the menu bar. So, and if it wasn't accessing the disk, those those arrows wouldn't be there. And and when it's intermittently accessing, they kind of click on and off. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's actually pretty good. Well, one of the things it has, which is pretty cool, it has uh, the processor percentage use up there as well. And you can either have it just one percentage that's an average of all the processors, or you can have each processor percentage displayed. So it's crazy when I have that that mode on, it's got 24 percentage numbers up there. Wow, and it's going crazy, I'll bet. It's going crazy. Yeah. But the thing is, with Premiere Pro, and I don't know if this is the case with the PC, but it does not max out the, the usage of the cores. I, at the most, I get about 50% on all the cores, even when it's rendering really hard, hot and heavy. Well, I think I, I think that's the reason why for the hyper threading, right? Because it just evenly distri uh, distributes all that all that work. It does, but it's not maxing out each core. Yeah, it's it's only going up to about fifty percent on each core, that's which neat. is still that's pretty neat. Yeah, but it's still it's still a lot faster than because before on my on my two thousand eight Mac uh, Mac Pro, it was actually maxing out. It was a hundred percent on all the all eight cores when it was doing stuff. Uh, so this one never has to work that hard, but I think that's maybe one of the failings of the interaction between Premiere Pro on the Mac and the Mac OS or, or, or some people say that it's a failing of the Mac OS itself. A lot of the, there's several people on the, especially the Adobe forums that just think Macs are really badly designed computers and they're always talking about how bad they are. And, and they say that it's just cause the, the Mac OS is bad uh -huh. that it can't, maximize it but i don't think there's any real proof of that it's just people noticing this and they don't even have macs so right. <laughs> they're just they're just mac haters right but uh in fact the other day i actually wrote a private message to the moderator of one of these forums because i'm i'm really focused on the mac hardware threads because it's very interesting to me for premiere pro right so I, I i look at those posts and i read them and every time i read them there's always the like two or three mac haters the same people that are just, they don't even have Macs. Right. They don't even own a Mac or use Premiere Pro on a Mac, and they're just continually putting it down. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. This one guy who's very, actually really, really helpful. If you're a PC owner, he's actually just like gold. He's really a good person to have on the forum. But when it comes to Macs, he just obviously hates Macs with such a passion that he'll just put misinformation out there. Like he said the other day that like one of the disadvantages of Macs is you can't use Blu-ray on them. You, you can't record Blu-rays on them. But that's not true. It's just completely untrue. You can't order a Blu-ray from Apple. Right. But you can... I'm using a Blu-ray now to burn and, and read Blu-rays all the time. It's just a third-party Blu-ray. I'm, I'm totally thinking about buying an external Blu-ray and just plugging it in and letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the fact that he's putting out information that is obviously wrong... Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, makes the rest of his information kind of suspect. <laughs> sure, of course, of course. So, be, he, he, he obviously has an axe to grind. It's know. really strange, but, but I actually wrote the moderator um, of this forum, who's pretty fair, but obviously a PC user, but he's, he's, he's always like saying, okay, let's keep it civil, that kind of forum post. Right. And I just told him, I said, you know, there's, there's a couple guys on there that obviously don't know anything about Macs, and yet they're, they're, they're just putting down Macs all the time. I said, it's really bad for you because you want to get Mac customers come over to the Adobe. You don't want people to be turned off by the fact that they think their computer sucks with your software. Right. And, 
And I said, you know, you really need to kind of maybe talk to these people about that. Right. You know, if they don't know what they're talking about, just shut up. Let people that know what they're talking about actually contribute. Right. So he actually emailed back a couple times. And he said, believe it or not, I've had to actually had to delete so many other posts that you've never seen. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh. But uh, getting back to the whole uh, 12 core. So I decided to keep the 12 core Mac Pro. Well, congratulations. So uh, you, at this particular moment, you will not return to a PC um, at this moment. Uh, yeah, I gave it a shot. I think I had bad luck. In fairness to Windows and PCs, and this is just my own personal experience. I don't want this to be an indictment of of Windows machines. <laughs> um, it's just my personal experience was really bad <laughs> like a waste of time right. right and and maybe it's faster i don't know i really i it didn't work long enough for me to actually find out if it was faster well you know what i like too is that how you know you're you're pretty much out there in the forums and and you know you're doing a lot of good research yet nobody can tell you and give you a straight answer that's the thing that's a little bit strange about it yeah I, 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 I find that very, very funny with, you know, in, in this age that we live in and, and all the information that's out there, some of these things are just not available. Everyone's holding them close to the vest. They don't want to say anything, whatever it is. They don't want to give out their trade secrets. Uh, you, you can't get a straight answer. Just, just answer me this. Hey, will Premiere Pro work on a PC better than a Mac would? Right. And. And, and you you'll you will get some answers. Definitely yes. I hate Macs. Right. You know? right. <laughs> or or just look up the database and compare it. Right. Uh, um, don't you do searches? You should. That post was like five years ago, man. <laughs> Idiot. Thanks a lot. Yeah. No, I've actually asked the question over and over again, and actually never really gotten a straight answer. Although the other yeah. day I got an answer from a a guy that actually his company puts together. Well, he actually sells Macs as well. And he sells PCs, and he, he said that he thinks the Mac OS is just just flawed when it comes to multi-threading. And, and I said, well, that's, I don't think that's true, because there's a lot of apps that can use all the cores really well. I'm sure all the Apple apps do. I've heard that Final Cut 10 uh, can pin, the, pin out all the processors to 100% when it's working really hard. So you know how there's cross-platform apps where obviously they've been designed on Windows and then... They need to have a Mac version, so they've ported it to Mac, but it looks kind of like a Windows right. app. Sure. I, I, I have a feeling that a lot of this performance issue is because they just haven't had the time to really tune the Mac part of it. They've just got it, gotten it to work with the Mac part with the very simple programming layers that they are using. And I think the ones that are just built for Mac, they're not on Windows app. <laughs> they're just a Mac app. Right. I think those have been built from the ground up to work well on Mac. So things that Apple makes, like Final Cut 10 and, and Motion and some of the other apps, I think those probably are, are built to use all the cores properly. Right. But that's just my theory. And the fact is that there really is very little information out there about the truth. You, you know, I got a funny question to ask you, and this might move us into a whole different discussion topic, but... With all this trial and tribulation that you've had with the PC, with the Mac, waiting for a um, you know for a new Mac to come out and all this kind of thing, did you ever think about going back to Final Cut? 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, Final Cut, you know, works great with a Mac, right? I mean, it's it's pretty automatic. Uh, I know 10 is not really everybody's favorite, but uh, certainly nothing was wrong with 7. Here's the thing. I would never go back to Final Cut 7. You would never do that? It really is an obsolete app. It, it's built on 32-bit technology, so it can't use that much memory anyway. It can only use up to four gigabytes of memory. And, and even then, I think it only really uses two. Mm-hmm. So because of that, a lot of things don't work that well. You have to transcode all your footage to ProRes oh, that's before right. you can use it. That's right. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. But yeah. but just a, kind of an equivalent question is, would I consider Final Cut 10 instead of Premiere Pro? Yeah. And a lot of people that were dead set against Final Cut 10 when it first came out are actually turning around. A lot of the pro editors that are out there after they've actually used it in the real world situation and under the gun and, and realized how fast and efficient and well-designed it is, you know, it's an Apple product. Mm-hmm. They're starting to turn around. They're starting to start starting to sing its praises. And, and before you give your own answer is the reason why they're singing the praises of it now is because they've had a little bit of a chance to get acclimated to it. They're a little bit more familiar with it. Or did Apple make some upgrades to it to kind of, help it along with everyone's complaints you know i think it's not just one thing i think it's all the things you mentioned okay i think it's the fact that they've had a chance to familiarize themselves with a completely different paradigm of editing which apple just forced on them and and they they were resistant to it because you know people don't want to change they're comfortable with the way they've done stuff they don't want to have to change it's because some some company changes the interface right but in using it and having to use it they've realized the merits of it and the fact that you can produce faster edits with 10 compared to other editing software and and also apple has come out with upgrades to make it a more mature more professional uh solution that that weren't there in the first version um, also the just the whole um ecosystem the third party uh makers of conversion software to allow you to open up Final Cut 7 projects and convert them to 10 and back and forth. Those kind of things were introduced in the last year. There's also a lot of plugins, uh, a lot more plugins for Final Cut 10 now than there were. Apple was pretty smart about when they designed Final Cut 10 was that they made the plugin architecture very versatile and really based on their new version of Motion. So so plugin what is motion what is motion oh motion is uh another app that uh is available uh from the app store Uh, so the way that it used to work was that uh apple used to distribute final cut 7 along with several other pro video apps in what's called final cut studio 3 and it, it included final cut 7 and motion at that time it was motion 3 compressor 3 i think um, several other apps like Soundtrack Pro, Cinema Tools, and some other some other apps that kind of all work together as a suite, and some of them kind of interacted with each other, so you could mix and match. Got it. So it was one projects. huge bundle. Yeah, similar to the CS uh, to the Adobe CS right. packages, but they kind of discontinued that when they came out with the new version of Final Cut 10, and some of that I think was because they wanted to distribute it through the and sell it through the Mac App Store. And it seems like the way the Mac App Store works is there's a certain limit to the kind of bundling of software. Like it's more like an a la carte type of purchase. Right. I don't think suites are sold through the App Store. So consequently, the apps are a lot cheaper usually um, 
but but they're just one at a time. I think they just continued several of the other uh, apps. So now they have Final Cut 10, they have Motion 5, and they have Compressor 4. And those are actually available as individual apps. And they're actually really inexpensive. And for people that are out there that, that are new to editing uh, and want a pretty inexpensive professional editing system, you really should consider the, the Apple software. Um, I mean, I don't use Final Cut 10 now. I may at some point try it out. But Motion 5 is is 50 bucks. And that app it's it's worth like $1000. Is it better it's, than iMovie? Well, it's it's different. It's just for effects. It's, oh, okay. it's, just, it's like oh, it's, it's a like plugin. It's, a, it's 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 additional stuff. No, it's actually not a plugin. It's actually a um, an actual application and it it was included in the suite before, but it's actually separate now. Uh, it's basically a, a special effects generation application. So you can do really nice titling. You know those lower thirds that kind of sweep across the screen and are all 3D and stuff? Is it kind of like Adobe's After Effects? It does a lot of the same things as Adobe After Effects. Mm -hmm. And its interface, I think, is better than After Effects. I think it's a much more intuitive interface. Probably everything that it does, After Effects can probably do better. But I think After Effects has a bigger learning curve right. in a lot of cases. Right. And also, the thing that's really cool about Apple is they include a lot of templates. And whatever they do, they actually give you a lot of kind of free samples of stuff. So Motion has a lot of templates about, uh, you know, lower thirds, which are those, like the titles of people, uh, you know, describing who they are and what they do. Right. They have a lot of those that kind of sweep across the bottom and are 3D and change shape. And they just have a bunch of them. So you can just use them and if you, you can just change them a little bit to make them unique, but they're there. And that that's really cool. And you don't have to design them yourself or anything like that. They're just very stylized and, and yeah. already there out of the box. Yeah, and you can just use them and look cool, and people think you're great, right? Even though, even though you're just stealing it from Apple, right? But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But Motion Five is is a great app, and for fifty bucks, it's just a steal. Yeah, they might as well be giving it away because it's so cheap for what it does. It's an amazing, amazing program. Uh, and uh, you know, Final Cut Ten is three hundred bucks, but still, for what it does, it's a bargain. All this stuff is a bargain. Mm -hmm. They probably sold millions of Final Cut Ten. And motion, they've, they've sold a lot because it's so easy to buy stuff on the app store. Right. And that's why the infrastructure for Final Cut 10 is, is growing because plugin manufacturers can make money because they have a lot of customers, potential customers. Whereas the plugin uh, ecosystem for, for Premiere Pro is not really that great. There's, there's quite a bit, but it's, it's not really, it's nowhere near Final Cut 7's infrastructure. And I don't think it's at this point... Uh, near Final Cut 10's infrastructure. Mm -hmm. At least that's my that's my impression. I don't have any hard facts, but that's my impression. Mm -hmm. And that's because Apple uh, used this motion template as a as a kind of a foundation for building effects and plugins to Final Cut. So they were pretty smart about building that interface. And so they did they did all the right things. So I'm not a, a Final Cut 10 10 hater. You know, I was more of a Final Cut 7 hater when I switched. Right. I don't know enough about Final Cut 10 to, to dislike it. I do know that it would be a big learning curve for me to switch. It would be? I mean, even after, well, I guess so, because that's that's the problem that everyone had, right? Was going from 7 to 10, and then everyone was mad about that because it was so different. Yeah. Now, now there's the other thing is that Final Cut 10, by default, will try to transcode everything, but it'll do everything in the background. Mm -hmm. But you can switch that off. 
So you don't have to have it transcoded. And apparently the performance is really excellent, even without transcoding. So if I ever used it, I would definitely use it in that non-transcoding mode. So I wouldn't be building up all this extra data and files. Um, another thing that I think is still maybe not ideal about Final Cut 10 is that how it how it references media and manages media. Uh, at least the reports I heard in the early days that it was pretty, it was kind of hidden from you, how it was managing the media. So you really didn't know what was going on. And uh, I don't like that. I like to know that it's using this file here and and that I've stored in a certain structure right. based on my own organizational system. So there's a possibility that at some point I will try out Final Cut 10. Wow. That is, uh, that's very interesting because you know what just kind of uh, made me realize something that this actually kind of spells the end to the question that Keith Moreau's next Mac will be a PC. And it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not, not. going to be a PC. It's it's not, in fact, it's going to be a Mac. It's going to be a Mac, so we can actually continue the show. My gracious, we might actually have to think of new segments to, <laughs> to, to have on the show. What, what will we do? Well, you know what will be interesting, though, is uh, uh, your, the continuing discovery of the new 12-core uh, Mac Pro. Yeah. I've actually found some ways to make it faster. Really? Yeah. Mm. We can talk about that next time. Well, that that <laughs> is exciting, exciting news. Uh, I'm actually kind of sad to, to, to hear that uh, we won't be uh, talking about the, uh, the possibility of the PC or your UPS man stumbling down the stairs with another refrigerator-sized PC box ready to be delivered to you. Yeah, but you're not you're not as sad as the Amazon um, restocking people, right? <laughs> That's right. Who you've probably put uh, their children through college. <laughs> well, that's that that is great. That is terrific. Uh, we we we've learned a lot, uh, but at the same time, we've learned nothing. But <laughs> but I thank you, Keith, for for sharing. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, stay tuned because we're just gonna have. More updates about what Keith has discovered about the 12 core. We're going to see, wait until you hear the show when the new Macs are, are introduced. I mean, my goodness, our heads are going to explode. So, uh, Keith, thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry that the PC did not work out for you. I'm a little sorry. I'm a little sorry about it, but I'm also a little happy about it. Well, you have to be happy. I mean, like, you know, on a more serious note, you know, you, you know, like we had talked about in a couple of segments before, your life is tied up in a Mac. And to make yeah. this kind of changes is, is is really, uh, I, to me, I equate it to like you moving to Istanbul. <laughs> I, I, th I think it'd be, I think it'd be a significant thing. I think, I think it'd be a significant thing. Well, look, uh, you're alive. You're happy. You got a new refurbished Mac Pro and long live the refurbished uh, 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 equipment. Keith, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is going to wrap it up for our uh, Mac to PC segment. But follow us as we continue on with some other crazy topic. Uh, and we will be back. And this is Tech Move.